0: Welcome to From Tempt to Hire, Staffing Success Stories, brought to you by Wolberg-Milson. We are your hosts, Samaria Sylvester and Malia Ireland. Are you looking for inspiration, guidance, or confirmation that you're on the right path professionally? Look no further. We are your career advocates, providing authentic testimonies that empower job seekers to find their dream careers. Listen to how we've helped thousands of career professionals and entry-level job seekers get their foot in the door with top-notch companies. Beyond recruitment, we are dedicated to getting career-minded professionals to want more and achieve greater. Joining us today is Monique Jones. Monique is a customer service professional with over six years of customer service experience. Monique has earned her AAS in business management at Dakota County Technical College. Passionate about troubleshooting, handling customer service issues, her multitasking ability is what gives her the edge to meet challenging deadlines and ensure every customer has a pleasant and delightful experience. Thank you for joining us, Monique.
1: Thanks for for having me, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Absolutely. So just to kick it off, can you tell our listeners uh, what a day in a life looks like as a customer service
2: professional? Um, So it's pretty it's pretty regular. Um, you know, I clock in at twelve. Um, make sure that I have all my systems up and running because you know you want to be prepared um, for whatever whatever your first call is going to be because you never know. Um, and then you know you just uh, you just go in and you start typing your calls. Um, Got to try and you know keep a positive attitude because it's it's mostly claims that I work in. So sometimes you get angry people, but most times you just get people who need better understanding um because no one really understands insurance like that well so
0: (laughs) it was one of those fields (laughs) where it's just confusing across the board
2: right yeah
0: (laughs) but even the people that are doing it don't really get it yeah there are some
2: things where i'm like this this doesn't seem like this is what it should be but this is what it is
1: (laughs) and the other part of that is like People's insurance change based on their needs too. So when open yeah. enrollment rolls around, you know what what was important to someone last year might have changed this year, and they might need your help to right. understand yep.
2: that. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Or they've got kids now. You know, last year they didn't. They weren't worrying about pediatric appointments and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So yeah.
0: Yeah, as life stages change,
2: mm-hmm. needs
0: <laughs> change. <laughs> So, so what is that? Oh, go ahead, Samaria. Um, I was yeah. I'm interested in um just the idea of building relationships. How do you feel um building relationships? Uh, how do you feel about building relationships at work? How has that How has that been?
2: Oh, uh, I think building relationships at work is very important, uh, especially when you work um in a field. Or at a job where there's a lot of information and knowledge that you have to have, it's kind of hard to put the pressure on yourself to remember everything. Um, so it's definitely important to build relationships so that you can feed off of your peers. Um, I even have like a group chat of people that I met during training, and so we like it's it's less of us now than when it started, but um, we keep it going and you know check it, check in with each other. Um, if there's ever any questions that we have, we put it in like our little group chat and we put it in like the work group chat. Um, and like anything that comes up, we just, we try to communicate with each other. Cause yeah, that, that, that's important. I feel like.
1: So to the same effect, you know, building relationships at work definitely influences our success. Um, my follow-up question to you would be, how do you balance being professional and transparent and in the workspace like how do you find that that balance
2: um i definitely think it's important to establish a rapport with your superior um so that they can kind of understand the person that you are so that when you do have moments where you kind of want to i don't know like um shed your professional shell for a moment of conversation it's not um look you're not looked at funny for it or anything like that um yeah that 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 would probably be the biggest thing to me um, shed your professional shell what do you mean by that <laughs> uh, I love- um i don't know i guess i was trying to come up with a different term for code switch you know like um when you when you're talking to certain people versus like your peers or your friends and stuff like that um But I mean, my supervisor, you know, like uh, when I first started, I was very kind of like reserved. And um, now, you know, I talk to her more. So she kind of knows my personality a little bit. And like I can crack my little corny jokes and stuff like that. And it's not like coming off like unprofessional or anything like that. It's just kind of like the banter that we've established, you know, based on like the rapport that we built.
0: And I like how you pointed out you built the rapport. Yeah. Building a rapport first is important, um, I feel like on both sides, is leadership creating a space that, that employees feel empowered and comfortable to come with concerns, and also yeah. you as an employee taking initiative like like you've done, taking initiative of allowing the people in your space to know you and allowing your supervisor to to know you and
2: to be able to offer correction, guidance. For sure, yeah. I think open-door uh, policy leadership is uh, very important.
0: So, on that topic of leadership, who taught you what a leader is?
2: I I used to work at this um this job. I used to work at Comcast back in Minnesota in St. Paul, and um, it wasn't like my first job or anything, but it was the first time that I'd ever seen a. Manager, and he was like the like the the whole call center manager. It was the first time that I had ever seen a manager know everybody's name. Like he could walk up to anybody in the call center, and he would know everybody's name. He would, you know, know your daughter had a birthday this weekend. Like he, you know, he would remember everything. And even when we um we had these little we had these little like town hall meetings and um he would read off all the names of whoever like won something or you know hit a goal or something like that and these would be like some wild names like you know all type of whatever letters you could think of and he never got a name wrong and i feel like i don't know i feel like um him like taking that time to like get to know the little people because in a sense because he's He's, the, he's like your supervisor's manager's boss, you know? So him taking the time to like know just the, like the agents, you know, the level ones and the level twos and stuff like that, I thought that that was very important because, you know, we're all talking like mess about our supervisors when they make, uh, make us mad or whatever, but nobody's ever talking mess about him because he's always very transparent and he always makes you feel like no matter where you are in the company, You're just as valuable as he is or, you know, his boss or the next person. When they first started coming out with these fancy cable boxes with all the apps on it and stuff like that, um, you weren't able to check your bill like on the TV. Like you could do all this other stuff, but you couldn't like check how much you owed or or pay your bill just like right there. And I was like, that would be cool if, you know, they could do that. And it kind of like kept going up the ladder and going up the ladder and going up the ladder. And my friend or my coworker who did it with me, um, she was like, Monique, you know, like they they approved our our thing, you know, it was like six months later. But I was like, what? And she was like, yeah. So, you know, now when they go on the box, they can like pay their bill and view their bill and do all this stuff. And I was like, oh, snap, like I feel listened to and important. Like, that's what's up, you know. Um, so, yeah, I thought that that was very important. Um And we always had like team building exercises and things like that. So inclusion, again, um, to make sure that uh, it's not just like work, like you said. It's uh, you got to have like a little bit of fun to keep the morale going. And I'm still friends with a lot of those people. And I was like six years ago. So I think it worked. (laughs) (laughs) I think it worked.
0: (laughs) Six years later. Right. We still still hit, hit each other up.
2: Right, wow. I think I'm I married to one of them on Facebook. He's he's my husband. Not in real life, though.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, we got a virtual marriage out of it.
2: I Every time he posts pictures with his girlfriend, I'd be like, "It's fine, it's okay." I'm gonna let go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is something that maybe you didn't do very well as you were a new professional? that you do well now like you make sure to do a good job at it
2: empathy um i was not very good at empathy at all uh i i still struggle with it sometimes um but i've learned like to say certain things that kind of hit the empathy pocket so to speak um I, it's not it's not like uh, on purpose i think it's just learning how to separate you know, your life from, like, somebody else's when they're calling you. Um, Just using, like, Comcast as another example, you can kind of get jaded, right? Because you feel like people are calling about superficial things. Like, you're mad that your cable doesn't work. Like, so what, you know? But you also have to remember, like, you don't necessarily know these people's situations. Like, this could be somebody who's, like, bed bound or something or maybe they have like someone in the house who you know um they might be blind but they like listening to tv because you know they they can hear that type of stuff and they can get that like interaction so like you know you gotta um it's important to just keep an open mind i think and that's that's when the empathy will come in because it's just you know you're not not necessarily like being empathetic to the situation but more so to the person and how they feel about the situation
1: so true so true and the thing about empathy too is that i don't think there's actually like a level of accomplishment with empathy it's like you get different situations and it's like you relearn how to approach something with Mm -hmm. empathy like how you can't you can't copy and paste the same you know i don't know reaction to every situation because then it's disingenuous. Oh, it's yeah, even, for it's, sure. It's yeah, and people that can that tell way.
2: that, you know, yeah, people can.
1: Yeah, yeah people can like, tell. Yeah. They're like, oh, you said this to
0: somebody already.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this is your standard reply
2: for <laughs> right. everyone who comes to this issue. <laughs> like, I know you're not sorry. Like, okay.
1: <laughs> That's an amazing skill, reassuring people, instilling hope and faith that someone That's does can Oh, it should
0: be a major. It should be a whole major. Majoring course. in Reassurance. With a, minor in, with a minor in Comfort.
2: Right. Majoring comfort in De-Escalation food. and Reassurance.
1: On another minor in Comfort Food.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, partnering my culinary skills with my communication skills. of de-escalating. Right. Sign <laughs> me up.
2: You're hired. All right, bet.
0: You talked about earlier going into crime scene photography. Once you hang up your headset and you move on from customer service repping, you have aspirations to go into um, forensic photography. What um, position did you hold or what stage in your career um, brought you clarity? That's the next path you want to explore.
2: I entered like the, stage in my life where i started to get a little bit more clarity and then um it's not so much as clarity as it is um what's the word i'm looking for like definite about what you want to do like um not like going back and forth with yourself anymore or you know worrying about yeah like or like worrying about is this gonna like pay my bills or something like that just like deciding that it's just something that I'm gonna enjoy, and like i only i'm only gonna live once, so like I might as well just do something that I enjoy doing mm-hmm. uh i the crime scene photography thing it was it was really because like I'm really into photography and like nature photography and like um like still life and things like that and then on the other side i, I I'm really into like forensics, but I suck at like math and science and so I gotta find like a, a medium in there somewhere. So I figure I figured I would I would um give that a shot and if it doesn't work out then I'll just stick to like the nature and the trees because that'll always get me somewhere on somebody's like doctor's wall or something like that, you know, in the waiting room or something. <laughs> hey people people
0: pay their bills.
2: Photographing, they, man.
0: photographing for your urgent care waiting room.
2: Right, exactly, you know.
0: <laughs> someone's got someone's to paint or shoot the bowl of fruit that's going to be on the wall. Someone's they gotta do. do or
2: some, somebody's got to get the ducks, the little family of ducks going into the lake, like, you know.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't see a picture of ducks, it's like a mother duck and baby ducks, and I was moved. I was like, that's cute. That's real cute. <laughs> right. So I guess my follow-up question for you would be, how do you fail productively?
2: I like There's like this quote that I think of where it's like, you know, I I don't know it verbatim, but it's basically like, you know, he's walking through this deep brush and the dude is like, you know, I can't see anything in front of me, so I don't know if I want to go. And, you know, his partner asked him, well, can you see your feet? And he said, if you take one step, can you see, the, you know, can you see your next step? And he said, yeah. And he was like, that's all you got to do is just keep moving and keep focusing on the steps that you're taking. And then you will get there. Like, So, yeah. So you'll get the outcome that you want.
1: You just put a lump in my throat. That was (laughs) revelatory. It shook the table and made me feel like I need to just look at my next steps moving forward. I think that we all can appreciate that. And I think we've all been in a situation where it's like, goodness gracious, what next? But
2: yeah, you can about- think of it too, like you might end up surprising yourself or where you end up taking yourself. I
1: couldn't agree with you more.
0: That imagery is powerful. Super powerful.
2: There needs to be a, a
0: Disney short produced
2: <laughs> based really? on
0: that imagery you just gave us. Or <laughs>
1: Monique needs to just take a picture of like her shoes taking steps. <laughs>
0: A step.
2: that's a linkedin viral post in the making right you know I'm, I'm trying guys y'all you guys are gonna be the first to first to see it oh yeah.
1: go ahead and tag me i'll be all up under those comments
2: what makes an employee invaluable um i think being a good problem solver stands out a lot to your management and like your supervisors especially when you can solve your own problems um i think that yeah being a good problem solver and some people would say like working hard but i i feel like working hard is like a given right because like you're there they want you to work hard i think that being a good problem solver and being adaptable to change um is very important From my experience um when you're able to kind of roll with the punches especially like say you're working in like a new company or a startup company there might be a lot of punches you gotta roll with and um that type of stuff stands out when you can you know sit through the thick of it and get to the other side i think those two for sure
0: photography how (laughs) how do you know in general if um If a position is just challenging, if it's turbulence or if this is an indication that the position isn't for you, how do you distinguish between those things?
2: I feel like if you understand everything that you're supposed to do. But you're still unhappy, then the job isn't for you. If you understand everything that you're supposed to do, but it's just a little harder than you hoped it would be or you might have to focus a little more than you have had to at your previous jobs and that just might be that it's a challenge that you have to overcome um I think listening to yourself and like being realistic with yourself will help you distinguish the two you got to know like am I just being lazy or is this really hard
1: because <laughs> I think the thing about being human is that obviously time, especially as adults when we're doing something or learning something that's new to us, it's super uncomfortable. And then we start going to this whole thing, like, Oh, it's, I, I can't learn it. This is not, it's just, I'm incapable of doing something when it's really like what you said. It's just, is it just posing a challenge right now? And it's just something you have to find a rhythm in. Right. Give it enough time to identify if it's something that you just a hundred percent don't feel you're interested in or is it just something you need to overcome and that's super important i think Mm it's really easy to be like no i don't like this i'm out right that's the easy way
2: i've 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 had jobs where like i i went through everything and then like i just was like all right this is not for me like i can't do this i was doing like deceased collections and i was just sitting outside in my car and i was like this i no i can't go inside here like this is not for me asking people like where the money at i can't do it (laughs) (laughs) i think like i had to call uh i had to call on like a 17 year old kid or something like that or an 18 year old kid he's like 18 or 19 and um he had just died like i don't know maybe like two or three months before calling his mom like does he got any debt does he have any assets like you know she had a $300, cra- you know, capital one. We need that money. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, I can't do that, man. That's terrible. That's terrible.
1: That's That's where the line was drawn.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's where the line was drawn.
0: <laughs> As we wrap up, how did you... Get in touch with Wilbur Michelson. Who was your first point of contact?
2: I cannot remember her name, though. She was very nice, and she okay. used to just call me and be like, Monique, I just want to make sure you're good. We got all your paperwork in. And she used to keep me updated and stuff like that. Like, dang, I really wish I could remember her name. Um, no worries. No worries. We, no, yes. We to- Everyone was just very nice, like very, uh, very supportive and very... Even when I was going through training and we had issues with training, um, you guys would, like, call and check on us and, you know, make sure that we felt that we were learning what we needed to be learning and that we're being listened to. And I thought, you know, yeah, like, that's very important.
0: Now, had you worked with the uh, Temp Agency before?
2: Yeah, and they did not care how my day was going. <laughs> you know, you're just on the assignment and then that's it. You You're on your assignment. There is no... How is your assignment going? You know, are you are you being treated fairly? Because you know you're a temp, and we know that you know type of thing.
0: Why? What's the benefit of going through a temp agency like Wilbur Michelson?
2: Um, I think the benefit of going through a temp agency, I think you got you have more you have a you have a better opportunity to be seen. Um, and your resume be seen by more people. And I think that when you go through a temp agency, it's kind of like you got like a, what's the, it's just like you got people looking out for you that. Um, advocate. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, like you have an advocate for your employment. And um, you guys, I will say, did a good job of not making it seem like there's something in it for you once this person gets hired on. I think with a lot of temp agencies, you're kind of like aware that like you're, you're a check for them, just like you're trying to get a check through them. And um, that can kind of be a turnoff sometimes. And I think, yeah, you guys did a good job of just making it seem like, you know, we're here for you and we want you to be successful and we want you to find a position you're successful in. And we want you to stay in that position. We don't want you to just keep bouncing around, you know. Um, So let us know what's going on. Let us know if you don't feel like you're getting trained well. Let us know if, you know, there needs to be changes. Now, yeah, that's, like, really important.
0: Monique, is there any uh, closing advice that you would like to give uh, job seekers who are maybe making a career change or who are just joining the workforce?
2: Um. I would say just um, just stay open-minded, um, speak up for yourself, and um, just take it, take it one step at a time.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the woolberg michelson Podcast, from Tip to Hire, Staffing Success Stories. We hope that you walk away feeling inspired to thrive, Connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for more resources and updates. Get Get Hired the WM Way.